This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So, um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what I was going to talk about probably until about, I don't know, 13 hours ago? I don't even know if it was that long. Like, I was stumped. I really, like, nothing is really going on in basketball. Summer leagues, I mean, the basketball tournament's going on, but um, pretty much that's just, it's cool for me just because I like seeing all the uh, old college players that I used to see back in the day. And, um, but that really doesn't get hot and heavy until probably about next week. So, um, I was just going through basketball reference, just going through this day in basketball history. And there was like nothing. I mean, went through like all it is people being traded or people being, or people who were born on certain days. Um, I was going to talk about. Uh, I saw something about Artis Gilmore getting traded, so I was like, well, I guess that'd be interesting, but, you know, I don't have that much on Artis Gilmore at the moment, especially 12 hours from when I record, I don't have that much. So then um, I was like, well, I guess I can maybe talk about ABA stuff, maybe there's something in there. Um, found a very interesting season from Spencer Haywood, just going to talk about that, but again, um, not that much, not as much information as I would like on Haywood right before like 12 hours before I record so um I saw that on Saturday the 23rd it's gonna be Gary Payton's birthday and um I'm gonna talk about the best defensive players so I'm gonna make a team out of the uh best defensive players kind of like that Miami Heat video uh not video pod that I did a couple weeks ago or maybe about a month ago now and um yeah we're just gonna do that uh let's go ahead and jump into it Okay, so um, one of the places I looked for this, just to make sure I'm like on the right track, was um, Sports Illustrated's Basketball's Greatest Book. It's a pretty good book. Um, but they have a ton of top ten lists in there, and one of them was top defenders, so I took a look at that. Their list is Bill Russell... Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Dennis Rodman, Gary Payton, Scottie Pippen, Tim Duncan, LeBron James, KG, and Dikembe Mutombo. Now, if I make sure here, yeah, this book came out in 2014, so um, still some names that I think people would expect to be in there aren't in there just because the book was made. The book was made before. Uh, some really good defenders came along. So um going to do a team. We're going to have starters, reserves. Um, I'm, I did three of each position just because that seemed fair that way. And also it would stop me from putting all centers and forwards in. So um, And I have some honorable mentions. So um, we'll go ahead and get into that. We'll start with honorable mentions just because... Um, or should I? Uh, no, it might spoil it. Let's go ahead and go to the starters. Um, for me, this is my opinion, but um, the starting five is pretty solid. I don't think anyone could disagree with this, but we'll see. So, point guard, you got to have Gary Payton. I mean, his birthday's coming up. I mean, it's the least you could do for the guy. But, um, no, he really is the best point guard the defensive point guard ever a guy who I mean he's called the glove for the reason he just everything sticks um and I started to watch film on him I just looked up a video on YouTube for each of these guys I'm gonna talk about and I um wrote some stuff down uh his physicality was insane I understand that like that was what the league was back then that's what it required but Man, just like every every guard was tough, and you know, there's a whole story of him in the Last Dance where George Carl was worried that um, Gary guarding MJ that was gonna wear him out, and they needed him more on offense than they did on defense, which 
didn't really make sense just because if we go look at this Supersonics team and what that was 90, 96. If we look at this roster, Hersey Hawkins, I mean, he's a solid defender, but I mean, he's pretty good on offense. Sean Kemp, uh, I mean, Sean Kemp, Irvin Johnson, Nate McMillan is a backup point guard. Not bad. And Sleepy Sam Perkins. Steve Scheffler went to Purdue. Bowler up. Uh, Detlef Shrimp. I mean, you got a solid offense here. And I understand, like, they were probably, t like, Kemp was somewhat pro was probably somewhat taken away along with Detlef just because, you know, they had Scotty and Dennis on them. I mean, still, it just seems like, um, it didn't really make sense why you would have, at that point, probably the best defensive player in the league, honestly, in terms of guard, in terms of guarding guards. Um, very odd decision why George Charles said, I'm not going to put you on Jordan Sarwith. And then, you know, about, it was, what, game three? Uh, Peyton says, you know, I'm going to guard him. That's not the exact words they said in the last dance, but, I mean... You know, he said, I'm going to guard him. I forget what you're talking about. Um, I'm going to guard him. And he said that he slowed him down. Then MJ says, you know, the glove. I had no fear of the glove or something like that. But, I mean, still, he's just he's physical. He wears you down throughout a game. And he is just relentless. Like, just always tapping everywhere. Like, always just trying to get an advantage. And, I mean, that's, relentlessness is really the thing you need to be a good defender. Like, honestly, I mean, sometimes people, it seems like they're going through the motions, but, I mean, they've had to work to get, be good on defense. No one is just give, it's just God-given talent on defense, right? Um, and that's, this is one of the things I love talking about. I could do a two-hour podcast on talking about defense. I love it so much. The intricacies of everything is important. Um, a lot of my favorite players I've ever watched, like high school, college, NBA, whatever, have always been good defenders. Just because when I played in, in high school, defense was the only way I sniffed playing time. It really was. And it's not even like I was exceptional on defense. I just, I talked, I worked my... I worked my tail off and you know, I was a pretty good defender. I had, I had one defensive player of the year, my junior year. And, um, yeah, it's just, it made, it was just the way my way in was defense. So I decided I'm going to work as hard as I can at it, which you have to do. And, GP was one of those guys where I would, I tried to pattern my game off of him on a defensive end. The physicality, um, just being relentless at all costs. Um, I didn't talk trash just because I couldn't back it up on the offensive end. But, um, yeah, but that physicality and kind of dirtiness was something that I was taught kind of early on. And it wasn't my any coaches I had. This was like my dad. And um You know, I you don't use it all the time, but when you have to, I mean you get switched onto a big guy, you have to be physical. There's no other way around it. And the ref will tell you all you want, hey, let's clean it up down here, like don't be too physical. But that's what the post is all about. Especially when I'm like five nine and I'm going up against a six four guy down the post. It was small school basketball. We didn't really have that tall of guys. Tallest I played was a 6'9 guy. But, um, you gotta play him tough. And you gotta be in front. And that's what Gary, that's what GP was all about. Just wearing you down at all points of the game. Like, at, throughout. Just no, non-stop. And, yeah, honestly... The point guard position on defense is kind of lackluster. It's really GP, and then we'll get into the others. But, um, yeah, Gary Payton is by far the best point guard. 
Uh, shooting guard, I had uh, Jordan. I mean, makes sense. And I was thinking because, like, for him to be the greatest player of all time, like, he was exceptional on offense. Something that, to the likes of we had never seen, we kind of, well, we had seen it. We'd seen it in Dr. J and David Thompson, but he just took it to another level. And I think that what he did on the offensive side and what really brought him into the zeitgeist, basically, and him being the best is what made him good on defense. He had incredible athleticism, could jump out of the gym, could go from three-point line to blocking a shot in like two in like half a second, it seemed like. Um, his reach is unbelievable, and those hands, I mean, his hands are so big in that reach. It really helped him a lot, and I think that those can that reach contributed to him it almost seemed like it was too easy on defense for him just because he can get in a passing lane and still not be out of position and his timing is unbelievable and just he did that a ton i remember at one point i was watching a hardwood classics game and um it was right at the start of it or maybe no, it was right at the start. It was a tip-off. It was a jump ball. And um, Jordan gets called for... Um... No, wait. No, it was a free throw. And Jordan got called for going to the lane too early. But, I mean, he got there and... It was like half a second too early, or if even that. Just a little too early. And he, I mean, he just got the miss and just slammed it in. So he went the other way. And... um. My dad was watching, and he was like, oh, MJ was the best at that. He just, the timing was unbelievable, and he did that so much. That's probably one of the few times he got called for that. And just, you can see it on defense. Yeah, he just knows everything. And it just, his timing's unbelievable, the athleticism, that reach. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Jordan. What do you want me to say? It's like, there's not much more you can say on Jordan or just like um, peak af peak athlete. Um, his arms seem to be about 10 feet long and um, just always knew how to game the system in the right way. Just really making sure to work on that timing of everything. I want to be the first guy in there. And it's what Jordan excelled in. Uh, next up, Scottie Pippen. Um, I was watching uh, the video on YouTube that came up was a clip from Detail, which if you don't know, that's Kobe Bryant's. Uh, well, it's still his show. I know he's, he's passed, obviously, but it's a show that he started where he just watches film and just talks, just talks about what he sees. And um, it was it was that. And he was talking about Scotty and he says, if I'm a young guy coming to the league, I'm going to watch people on defense. Just be, you can get acclimated to it. Like your offensive game will come. But like with and he's like I would watch Scotty just because he is like he called him the best. I mean he called him the best, and um, yeah, Scotty was just one of the smartest players I think we've ever seen on defense. Like you like it's like with Jordan. A lot of people use their athleticism, their reach. But, I mean, like, Scotty knew the scouting report, like, to a T. He'd gotten to the passing lanes. Um, there was one where he got in a passing lane to try and to pass. He didn't get it. But he knew where the ball was going before it was even thrown. And he played the long game. Unlike anyone we've ever seen. It was in that same video. But I've watched this game before. It was Bulls Pacers. I think it was probably 98. And, um, the whole game, Mark Jackson's being physical with Scotty and Scotty's giving it back. I mean, it's what you do. Guy tries to be physical with you. You give it, you give it right back to him until a certain point. And, um, it got to be about, I don't know, third or fourth quarter. And Mark Jackson drives in. He's really like laying on Scotty, like putting the shoulder in his chest and, Scotty straight up pulls a chair on him like he just falls and he travels. And that's 
I don't know if any, if you've ever pulled a chair on someone. It is one of the most gratifying things you can do. Just because you have to know someone so well to be like, okay, it's time for me to pull a chair. And you have to, it, you really do have to wait a couple quarters or like halfway through second half, whatever. You really have to wait until like, all right, this guy's going to do it. I'm going to pull a chair. A really good guy at pulling a chair, Rick Mahorn. One of the most fascinating players at pulling the chair. Incredibly physical. If you watch those bad boy pistons, just always, just always try to pull a chair. And that's something you have to develop over. When you're really good, you develop it over a half. But sometimes you have to develop it. You have to play someone a couple times in order to be like, all right, he's going to be physical with me here. I got to pull a chair. And it's always some of, it's the funniest thing you can ever do to someone just because I remember in high school, we did a uh, rebounding drill. It's literally just like you put three or four guys in the paint and someone shoots it. You get to go get the rebound. It's simple. And it was, um, now it was always the perfect opportunity to just pull a chair because everyone's trying to box you out, trying to be more physical, try and get that ball. But you gotta be smart about it. I mean, you just pull the chair on someone and then you go and get the ball and it almost looks like you just overpowered him, but really you just step to the side, pull the chair on him and then go get the ball. And Scotty, just incredibly smart on defensive end, just doing his thing. Um, and that it goes into playing with the long game. You got to be smart to play the long game just because you have to play with their physicality and all that. You got to do everything and just collect information. Still do your thing. I mean, you can get in front of someone and stop them. I mean, you don't have to know someone to do that. But with stuff like that, pulling the chair on Mark Jackson, knowing where the ball's going to go, just because eventually, this happens in, this happens in high school and college sometimes, but I mean, the NBA, you're playing 82 games, stuff just gets monotonous to guys, right? So they'll just throw the ball, like, won't even look at the guy and they'll just throw the ball. It's like, well, there could be a guy standing in that lane, you might want to look. And... Yeah, and also the NBA, they have the best scouter, scouting reports in the world. So, yeah, everyone knows what they're going to do. It's just the guy on offense has to be disciplined enough to look, see if someone's standing in that lane going like, oh, should probably change something up or do something myself. Uh, power forward, I just had Dennis Rodman, I mean, Duh. To me, it just makes too much sense. And when Rodman, he was winning Defensive Player of the Years, he was playing small forward a little bit. But we all know Dennis is a power forward. Dennis is going to be a power forward in this list. Now, if you want to talk relentless, Dennis, was, and I mean, and he's relentless on the on boards, right? And that goes into defense. Just because you have to be in the right positioning. We saw in the last dance where he's like, I'd have someone just shoot. And I would get every angle. That's why I would know. But also is just that whole clip of him tipping the ball like a million times with Charles Barkley just so he can get it. A lot of guys will give up after one, probably one tap. But, well, I didn't get it. I tried. Not Dennis. Dennis, like, really, one of the things that you're told when you, like, first play basketball, it's like, hey, this ball, think of it as a gold brick. You don't want to lose a gold brick, so take care of it of all costs. My God, I don't know what Dennis Rodman saw. Like, and I, I always like to say is like um he's a junkyard dog and that ball is just a nice juicy steak and i mean you can tell like his eyes like get dilated when you when he's going up for a rebound um guarding all the best players 
And one of the first videos on YouTube was um, Larry Bird cooks Dennis Rodman. It's like, okay, I don't think that's the whole story. But, but I mean, Larry Bird was just exceptional. And you have guys that are, are on. I mean, they say it all the time, great defense, even better offense. It happens quite a bit. And Dennis is just so physical, and he just always knew where to move his feet. Um, one of the first videos I saw was, um, and this was a year, year or two ago. Um, it was just Dennis against Magic in the finals. And it was just, here's what he's doing. Picking him up full court, being incredibly physical with him just to make sure that he can't make his routine plays. And then after that, just moving his feet, just staying in front and taking charges. And I mean, that was how he slowed down magic. I mean, he, I want to say stop just because when you're talking about a top five player, you don't ever stop them. You slow them down. But, I mean, Dennis just overall relentless and an unbelievable player. And he was a guy who I modeled my rebounding style off of. And I don't, I don't see how no one can't. Just because, I mean, he had a game, what, where he had, what, 25 rebounds and zero points? Like, who cares after that point if you had zero points? You got enough rebounds to make up for it. And, yeah, it's one of those guys, you go up and get it, and if you don't, you better hustle back. Just, that was Dennis. And I still haven't got around to seeing the documentary, uh, the 30 for 30 on Dennis, just because of what I've heard, um, after people, I think it was after Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo watched The Last Dance, that episode about Dennis Rodman, they were like, it was weird because I've already seen it in the Bad Boys and the Dennis documentaries. I've already seen this. Well, I've seen the Bad Boys documentary and The Last Dance. So, I'll get around to it at some point. But, um, yeah. It just... I kind of know the story. I bet the I know the Robin documentary would go way more in depth into it, just because like I don't even think did the Last Dance even cover like Dennis wanting to kill himself in the parking lot of the. It wasn't was it the Palace at that point or the the arena for Detroit. Like did they even go over that. I'm not sure if they did. Just because it's obviously in the Bad Boys documentary. But like all that stuff, you that it would go more in depth. I'll I'll watch it. But um Yeah, Dennis just everyone is just always talking about oh I didn't like him, the hair, the tattoos. Oh my god. I don't care about the hair and the tattoos. If they can play, they can have their hair, whatever they want. They can have as many tattoos as they want. I don't care. If they can play, so be it. See that all the time with people. Like with Alfred Payton. I mean, that dude got like, essentially cyberbullied into cutting his hair. Just because people said he couldn't see. It's like, he was a lottery pick with that same hair in college. And it's just... I don't know. Just, I don't, to me, it doesn't matter. If you can play, do whatever. It's not the Yankees where you have to be clean cut, no mustache. You have a mustache, you are out. What What do you care? If you can throw a ball 100 mile an hour, I don't really think you're going to care if he's clean cut. Or maybe like 103 and just make it more impressive, sure. So for Dennis, by far my favorite, I would say it's tough just because Kareem is one of my favorite players of all time. Larry, I think Dennis might be my favorite player of all time just because I just love watching him. 
Like, there's no other way around it. But Dennis, by far the best defensive power forward. Then we got Bill Russell. Just straight up blocked everything. Just no other way around it. Um, but when he did that, I mean, when he was in college, all he did was block it out of bounds. Until his coach said, like, hey, block it the other way so that we we can probably get the ball and score some more points. And that's what he did. And in the Sports Illustrated book, Jack McCallum said that Bill Russell changed um, defense by blocking stuff into a fast break. Because, I mean, you block it. I mean, Sam Cousy or not Sam Cousy. Oh, my God. Sam Jones or Bob Cousy. Wow, that was bad. Or Casey Jones just gets it and they run. And then that's the classic Celtics fast break. And I was watching, there's a really old clip where he was guarding Oscar Robertson and shutting him down, like out on the perimeter. And yeah, to me, Bill Russell just, um, it was tough putting him in the best center. But when you think about it, you're like, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the originator. So put him in there. Uh, on to the reserves. Um, these aren't in any particular order. There was just how I saw fit. And um, when I found him, oh yeah, put him in, him in. Um, so I had Kevin Garnett straight up just get up in your grill. One of the video, one of the clips was it's him guarding, I think, Chris Bosch. And just. I don't, I don't think there was a single atom between them. Like, they became one thing to where KG was that up into him, and he knew he wasn't going to get blown by, so get up into him. And the importance of Garnett is that um, I truly think he's the last old-school defender just because he, he bridged the gap between those two generations. He I mean, came into the league in 95, I mean, he was there well into, was it 2016? Let's see here. Because I know Tim Duncan was 2016, so was Kobe. Yep, 2016. And, um, yeah, just an unbelievable defender, just... All just um, physical, able to move your feet, guard one through five, basically. I saw, there was a clip, he was just guarding Clyde Drexler. and he, I mean, Clyde Drexler was probably like 34 at that time. I think by the team it was. But still, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's locking up Clyde the Glide. And so, yeah, Kevin Garnett to me. Um, slot him at, him in at power forward. Yeah, just, I mean, it's KG. Come on. I mean, the debate is always who's the best power forward of all time. And KG is in that conversation because of what he did on defense. So, yeah, I mean, KG, come on. Next up, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, someone who I kind of forgot how good he was on defense. I mean, everyone knows the dream shake. Everyone knows how crafty he was. His footwork, oh my god, impeccable. But, um, yeah, defense, he's incredible. And, I mean, from the film I was watching, he was just always vying for a position. Never stopped working. And, again, that's what you have to do to be a good defender. You don't have to be incredibly physical. I mean, I would... I love when people are physical on defense just because you're throwing everyone else off their game on the other team. But with Lajuan, he's just always moving around, trying to get in front of the guy, which you have to do in the post. No other way around it. You better get in front. And guess what? If you get in front and someone doesn't help you on the backside and they get an easy layup, that's on the help. That's on you. You're doing your job. You're trying to make it harder on the passer. And also... If you just stand behind, 
it's an easy pass in, and then they can just turn around and just go up on you without even blinking an eye. Yeah, but Olajuwon blocked quite a bit of shots, always vying for position. Um, there's a couple times where he'd get a steal, and he just, he almost looked like Giannis, just three strides, just going up for a slam on a fast break. Yeah, so Olajuwon definitely up there. Slot him in at the number two center. Um, shooting guard. Let's go with Michael Cooper for a backup. And he's someone that I didn't forget about his defensive end, but it took me a while to like, all right, let's think of good defensive players. I had to look at a list. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Michael Cooper. Um, He's a defensive player year as a six-man. I don't know how often that's happened. I don't think it's happened more than once, honestly. And just... All over the place, just tapping everywhere, tapping the balls out, getting everything, blocking shots. I mean, he did everything, and he's a big part of that Showtime team. Get the Koopa Loops in there, but also their defense was really good. I mean, you got Magic Johnson guarding your point guard, probably. Um, you got Michael Cooper in there. Kareem was a really good defensive player. Um, Yeah big part of that showtime team and just I don't know how good they would be without Cooper on defense honestly just because I mean he guard your best player and that was it guarding bird all the time I mean it had to take a toll on him but I mean he still did really good against him um Kawhi Leonard let's put him at small forward uh, there's a whole, and I'm not even joking, 18-minute compilation on YouTube of Kawhi Leonard's defensive highlights. 18 minutes. That's not even like highlights anymore. That's just like a whole syndicated TV show. Like an, That's an episode of a TV show. Just on defense. Incredible defender. This is someone who uses his, like Jordan, uses his length to his advantage. And also the hands. I mean, everyone has talked about the hands. We call him the claw for a reason. I mean, his hands are just about, I don't know, the size of, I don't even know what to say. Because he can palm a basketball with ease. Uh, he makes a basketball look like a tennis ball, basically. But, yeah, insane. We all know him for his defense. I mean, I feel like his defense has been forgotten in recent years just because that run that he had in the 2019 playoffs, and we've talked about this before, but that run that he had, that really solidified him as one of the best players ever, and his offense really took over then. So, got to put Kawhi in. I mean, he won finals MVP for guarding LeBron, basically. He was really good on offense, but, I mean, he won finals MVP for guarding LeBron and slowing him down. And I think LeBron mentioned this, or maybe it was Dwayne Wade, but um, I think both of them feel the same. That, um, they didn't hear Kawhi Leonard speak until, like, game four or something like that. He's just that locked in. And, of course, um... Boardman gets paid. I mean, a great rebounder. I have the t-shirt, the New Balance uh, Boardman gets paid. I wear that so much, honestly. Um, I just love it just because, yeah, Boardman gets paid, honestly. Um, and he's someone that, that when you were in high school, when I was in high school, I was able to watch him like live and really focus on him on the defensive end. Just, uh, it was good to see someone really doing their job on defense, especially in that era. And, I mean, just being really good at it. Um, Dikembe Mutombo, come on. You know, you know why he's in here. I mean, watch the Geico commercials. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. 
everyone knows why. I mean, just, I mean, Sports Illustrated put him in number 10 defensive player of all time. Blocking everything in sight, except for Jordan, apparently, because they had the whole argument before the All-Star game. I, he's like, MJ's like, you haven't, he's like, I, or uh, Matumbo said, you haven't dunked on me yet. He's like, you won't ever dunk on me. He's like, oh, we'll see about that. And then what was it? Like two months later, Jordan dunks on him. And then the eyes close free throw afterwards. Saying, hey, Matumbo, and then <laughs> closes his eyes and makes it. Yeah, I mean, we know why Matumbo. I mean, obviously. So he's a number two, uh, number three center. Um, we got to put a point guard in here. I want Dennis Johnson. Um, nine times all defense in consecutive, nine consecutive years. Unbelievable. And he blocked seven shots in game three of the 78 finals. As a point guard. At that point, he's a shooting guard. But I mean, like, DJ's one of the best point guards ever, and it is a shame. And I know I've mentioned this. I've even tweeted out that Dennis Johnson was one of my no. He was probably my number two snub on the NBA seventy-five list after Alex English, just because DJ was so good in Seattle, right? An incredible player in Seattle. And like, and he was, that was, he was better in Seattle than he was in Boston. And he was incredible in Boston. Unbelievable. Like the, those Celtics teams are not what they were without DJ. I'm sorry. And I love Larry Bird and all, but like you need that facilitating point guard. And that's what DJ was. And he was just tough as nails. No other way around it. So Yeah. Dennis Johnson, point guard was the one where I had to really dig in. So, all right, who's going to be a backup point guard? And, yeah, let's put in let's put in DJ, man. He deserves everything. Deserves all the credit that he can get. Rest in peace, DJ. Number seven, going for our, sec- for our third power forward. Second on the reserves. Third power forward. Throw in Tim Duncan. Why not? 15-time all-defensive? Come on. Big fundamental. I mean, blocked a lot of shots. Um, a lot of people forget that Timmy D was a really good defender because the debate between Garnett and Tim and Duncan is that, well, Garnett's just straight up a better defender. and people. But you have to think, uh, no, they're kind of on par with each other. Um, there's even a few years where they had no option but to put Garnett and Tim Duncan in, um, the all first team, all defensive first team. But the thing is, Duncan does not have defensive player of the year. Garnett does. Garnett won in 08. But Tim Duncan never got a defensive player of the year, and I think that's why people assume Garnett is a better defender. It's like, well, I mean, Tim Duncan never won a defensive player of the year award. Okay, but when Tim Duncan was in the league, let's just go ahead and see if we can find... Hang on one second here. Okay. Um... Let's look at all the defensive player years from 98-2016 when Duncan was in the league. Dikembe Mutombo, Alonzo Mourning, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace, Ron Artest, or Metal World Peace, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace, Marcus Camby. Maybe he could have won it there. Um, but if, if we see the voting, uh, Tim Duncan finished fourth. Oh, that's MVP. Hang on. Tim Duncan finished third. One, he was in second place was Bruce Bowen, his teammate. So that's probably, they probably split votes there. Um. Anyway, after Cam, he was Garnett, Dwight Howard for three years in a row, Tyson Chandler. And, I mean, if we look here, Tim Duncan, 
did not finish in the top uh, 18 for defensive player of the year that year. Um, so let's see, after Tyson Chandler, Marcus Gasol, Joakim Noah, and then his teammate Kawhi Leonard winning it his last two years. So, um, Kevin Garnett wasn't winning much. I mean, he won defensive player of the year once, but it, it goes to centers and that's it went to centers back then. I mean, Duncan like half played center. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it went to nothing but centers up until 2014. Well, 2003 was the one and then 08 with Garnett. But other than those, it was all centers. So, yeah, I got put in Tim Duncan. Come on. Uh, number eight went for another shooting guard. I went with Sidney Moncrief. He's the f- he won the first ever Defensive Player of the Year award. He won the first two in 83 and 84. And, um,. Just watching his highlights, just unbelievable. Blocked everything, stayed in front. It's going to be the same thing for all these guys. Just blocked everything, stayed in front. But um, was watching his uh, Hall of Fame career retrospective video, and Charles Barkley said this. Competitive, physical, relentless. Again, mentioned that earlier. That's the perfect description for a defensive player, for like an all-time defensive player. You better compete because, you know, you need to play defense in order to compete, honestly. You want to win, you better play defense. Physical. Not a complete necessity, like I said with Akeem, but when it when it comes down to it, you have to be physical. You, you better be able to take a bunch of pain, take a bunch of, like, a huge beating in order to give it back. And relentless. That ball's a gold brick. Do whatever you can to get the ball in your hands, in your team's hands, and then throw it in the basket, and then go and get it again. Perfect description of defensive player. Sidney Moncrief is my number three shooting guard. All right, time for another point guard. And it this, it sounds weird to me, but for the circumstances of point guards and being good defensive players my number three point guard is Marcus Smart there are only two point guards to win the defensive player of the year award Gary Payton and Marcus Smart makes too much sense to me and I get it he just won it in 2022 right who cares he won it he finally did it he beat out Gobert Let's go for it. Yeah. Marcus Smart and watching the film from this past year of his defensive player of the year uh, campaign just outworked everyone. Did everything he could to get the ball and be able to have. It wasn't even like he would get the ball and then he would score. He would get the ball, throw it to Horford, who would throw it to Tatum, who would throw it to Brown. Whatever. Get whoever. Whoever's going to in the best position to score. Get them the ball after I get that steal. Unbelievable defender, Marcus Smart is. In this day and age, for a point guard, and well, in the history of the Defense Player of the Year award, for a point guard to win it, you're a pretty good defender. All right. Number 10 on the reserves. Had to go for my last small forward. And there was a lot. A lot of options. Um, but in the end, I decided on Bruce Bowen. And when you look up Bruce Bowen defense on YouTube, uh, it's just nothing but here's the dirtiest player of all time. Um, there's a 16-minute video. of It's called Bruce Bowen being a menace to society for 16 minutes. Um, he is an irritator. And that's what every commentator was saying. Whenever a fight would break out 
or something like that, or someone getting Bruce Bowen's face, be like, man, that's what that's what Bruce does. He just wears down on you. And um, were there some dirty stuff? Yeah, but it was still that point in the league where it was like, oh, semi okay. Um, some of them were a little much. Like obviously, uh, him kicking Wally Zerbiak in the face. Um, there's another thing of Bruce Bowen kicking someone in the face. I it was him on the Heat. Uh, if we look up Bruce Bowen kick on YouTube, no, on Google here. Uh, yeah, kick Wally Zerbiak in the face. Let's see. One where he's kicking someone on the Sonics. I cannot see who that is. Gary Payton's looking at all, looking him on. Um, that Wally Zerbiak one is unbelievable. He jumps like six feet in the air. Well, uh, six feet eight in the air. That's Wally Zerbiak. I'm pretty sure six seven six eight, and just kicks him. And here's one. Gary Payton watches teammate get kicked in the face by Bruce Bowen cannot see who that is his arm is in the perfect spot to where he's blocking his number yeah, let me really zoom in oh it doesn't really work um yeah but <laughs> just kicked a lot of people in the face apparently um would take out landing position which would essentially get him is like banned from the league now if he did that but um Bruce Bowen there's a whole video where he's doing an instructional video on defense and he he just straight up knows how to play defense no other way around it and once you know how to play like very well um that's when all that other stuff comes in where you be a little more physical you be somewhat dirty and I never really did anything exceptionally dirty um, there was some stuff, there were some times where, you know, had to do what you had to do, but, um, <laughs> that's probably for another time. Um, yeah, but I mean, it happens once you, you have something to fall back on with pretty good defense. You start to experiment a little bit like, Hey, what can, I wonder if I get away with this and, uh, you'd be surprised how much you can get away with in a game, honestly. But, um, yeah. Bruce Bowen, that's my third small forward. That's the last on the team. So, let's recap the team. Starters, Gary Payton, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Bill Russell. And then, coming off the bench, Kevin Garnett, Kim Olajuwon, Michael Cooper, Kawhi Leonard, Dikembe Mutombo. Dennis Johnson, Tim Duncan, Sidney Moncrief, Marcus Smart, and Bruce Bowen. And on to honorable mention, uh, Maurice Cheeks. I had him in there. Mo Cheeks. Uh, just, he was he was one I was going back and forth with between him and Dennis Johnson, but Dennis Johnson ended up making nine the nine consecutive All Defensive Teams really put it over top for DJ. But Mo Cheeks is right there. Ben Wallace, it was tough just because he's one of two players to win four defensive player of the years. But it's like, uh, it was between him and Akeem, and I, I couldn't do it. Honestly, I really couldn't do it. Um, Dwight Howard was a consideration just because he took the league by storm by just blocking everything. No other way around it. Uh, Bobby Jones. He was going to be thrown in, but um, I already had my... Once you had KG and Tim Duncan, you couldn't really throw another power forward in, especially when Rodman's in a starter. But um, he was a really good defensive player. I mean, his first year in the NBA after being in the ABA for so long, he made first-team all-defense. Um, Ron Artest, Metal World Peace. Um, that was kind of a homer one just because he won that award when he was on the Pacers, but... He was the anchor of that team, and, I mean, you really needed tough defense to win back in 03, 04. Um, and then LeBron James. Uh, I was intrigued that Sports Illustrated put him in their list, what they had him at number eight. But it, his defense kind of tapered off after that. 
um, it wasn't really needed as much anymore, especially when he had to carry the entire load of the of the Cavs and now the Lakers. It's not really needed anymore. But um, I mean, six time All Defensive player. I mean, it's I mean you gotta give him the nod at least. But um, yeah, had LeBron in. Uh, it was the that last spot was between Bruce Bowen, Barold Peace, and LeBron. But uh, I went to Bruce, and uh, I think it's a solid team. I think that you put this team against anyone. Um, I don't think the other team is scoring like over forty points. Um, and it, I mean, this team's good enough on scoring that I don't think they have a problem with winning a game. But um, yeah, that will. Uh, this I think it's a good team, honestly. I mean, you put this team up against anyone, I I don't know how you beat this team, honestly, just because they'll beat the crap out of you. But world may never know unless we get a ton of technology that I don't know what would happen. That would be sick though. Go like get everyone in their prime. I don't know. Just someone do a simulation on 2k, whatever. But, um, waiting for the day of that technology though, where we can see this game. But, um, yeah, with that, that'll be it for this week's episode. want to thank you for listening. Uh, not sure what next week's episode will be about, but you know, we'll get that in due time. But, um, yeah, just be sure to follow me on Twitter at DFR00, and I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.